Do you want a cash-flowing portfolio that lets you live a life of freedom? Sunsets and palm trees on your terms. Your host, Corey Peterson, is a rags-to-riches real estate millionaire who started with no money or credit and quickly grew a multi-million dollar portfolio of cash-flowing apartments. You're only one deal away from creating the cash flow life, and the Multifamily Legacy Podcast will show you how. Hey, Praven, welcome to the show, brother. How are you doing, Corey? Thank you for having me. Man... I'm excited about this one. You reached out to me on Facebook not too long ago, and quite frankly, I'd almost forgotten that we had met, but I remember you really well. This goes back almost 12 years ago. 2010 in Chicago. Yeah, in Chicago. This is what I love about this business. You never know how you affect people or just by... I was doing back then, I was in the same spot. I was like Yeever Beaver. I was trying to work on building my business and I had found some proof of funds. I had something that other people needed and I was willing to share. And so I would love for you to share that little story of what we did because it was really cool. And I didn't realize how much it impacted you until you like gave me that Facebook deal. And that was really awesome. All right. Great. Yes. So I met Corey in Chicago in 2010. And briefly, I met him. We exchanged our business cards. And then I came back to Richmond, Virginia. At the time, I was in Richmond. And I found a great 105-unit multifamily in Houston, Texas. So I was trying to put it under contract, but the person was telling me that, no, you cannot put it under contract until you have a proof of funds. So I just sent an email to Corey. I said, Corey, I need help. And I know that you do not know me much. We just met in Chicago but I need a proof of fund letter. Can you help me out? And then I received an email from Corey and he said that, get it brother, here is the proof of fund letter. So he attached me a proof of fund letter. I submitted my offer with the proof of fund and that was a great experience. <laughs> I'm always grateful to Corey for doing that for me. Thank you, thank you brother. Sometimes you need a little something to help unlock, right? Yes, that is true. And it's very interesting back in, I didn't think much of it. I think I sent the deal. And I know you're like, hey, thanks. I really appreciate it. But fast forward to 2022, you took that one little piece of success and you have done some amazing things. So for everybody listening, let's talk about what you're doing now and um, your main business. And really, because you're in the mobile home, really heavily in the mobile home park industry, right? That is true. So I am on mobile home park industry. So I have been uh, buying mobile home parks since 2015, and currently I own 12 communities with 1,400 spaces. That, that's mainly in Midwest, but I have properties in different states, five different states. This is actually a great business, provided you can find the right uh, property. So if you allow me, can I actually talk a little bit about what we know about mobile home parks? Yeah, absolutely, man. Yeah, I want you to run this show, bro. That's <laughs> okay. why I had you on, because you're going to give us some education. Okay, great. Thank you, Kari. Thank you. All right. So then let's talk about uh, the mobile home park industry. And we know mobile home park industry by watching television, watching movies, some media, but nobody talks good things about that. So there are some misconceptions. Yeah, that is true. There are a lot of misconceptions about mobile home parks. And I really want people to know about it. Misconception one, only bad people, terrible people lives in mobile home parks. That is not true. And it could be true for some, but not the parks that I own. I mean, I got a really big park in Michigan 
couple of blocks from uh, General Motors. All my tenants are GM employees. They are decent people. Misconception too. People think that these mobile homes could be pulled away from your park at any time. Because it is true that these are, that's why we call it mobile homes. The point is it costs you thousands of thousands of dollars to move a trailer out of your park. So nobody wants to do that. Nobody wants to do that. As I said, I own 1,400 spaces and nobody ever pulled any trailer from us. Okay? So once a trailer is in your park, it stays there for next 30, 40 years because they cannot afford another $5,000, $10,000 to move the trailer out of the park. Misconception three, you will see that very frequently among the investors, nobody finance mobile home park. That is also not true. We've got a lot of lenders that are specialized in mobile home parks. If your deal is big, like you always do Fannie Mae, Freddie Mac loans, Sedense loans, Corey. So we have the same thing too. We got big banks coming in and I finance all of them, big lenders. But if the deal is small, so 500,000 or less or 1 million or less, then you've got a local bank. You've got a credit union. They are going to finance it. So those are three misconceptions that we got about mobile home park. Okay? Yep, makes sense. Okay. So I'm going to actually talk a little bit about why should someone be investing in mobile home park. I'm going to start with the competition. Corey, you own so many properties all over the United States. You will see the competition that you have a beautiful apartment complex and somebody is building someone better than you next to you. Right? But yeah. in our case, we had 400, I mean, 44,000 mobile home parks 10 years ago. And now we got only 40,000 mobile home parks in the United States. Think about it. Our numbers have gone down. So the permit process is so difficult. Nobody is going to get the permit for the new park. So the existing ones that we have, that's all we got. Okay, so some of them, city is going to come and cut it down. But other than that, whatever we have is we have. So that is number one reason why we should be investing in mobile home parks. Number two reason, turnover. So other portfolio, you are all dependent on the economy. The economy goes up, your people are moving in, economy goes down, people are moving out. But in our case, someone is in our park there for next 30, 40 years, as I say. Our turnover is so low. Our turnover is low. Then number three, that it is somebody's preferred way to live in mobile home park. The reason being is in apartments, there are choices going to the apartment complexes. So they do not prefer to live in apartment complex because they do not want somebody living on top of them, somebody below them, somebody on their left, right. So they want a yard. They want to park their car right in front of their trailer. So that is another reason why we should be investing in mobile home park. That makes sense. I think about, I'm from Missouri, a small town in Missouri, and I remember there was uh, one of my guy. he was looking for a roommate, right? He's like, hey, I, now he owned his trailer, but he still had to pay lot rent to the mobile home park place. And it was really nice. It was clean. It was nice cars in there. And I mean, I was like, oh, this is not bad. I'm like, this is great. He's like, yeah. I mean, this is, he goes, this is perfect. And, and it was affordable. And I was like, well, it totally changed my conception of a dirty, trashy mobile home park. This one had nice pavement, speed bumps, and a little park area for kids. I was like, oh, wow. Well, this has changed my conception of 
what I thought it was, right? And I was like, oh, well, I can live here. This is fine. Yeah, that's it. You actually rightly said the word affordable. I mean, think about it. Uh, as low as you can live in a mobile home park for $350 per month. I mean, where can you live at, at that price? And we yeah. got 80 million people in the United States. They make less than 20000 a year. Okay, so that's a big number. And think about the retirees. To me, I was like, I saw all the baby boomers coming to retirement. That's right. Uh, 80,000 baby boomers there per month with less than 20,000 a year. That's where they want to live. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's a big time. And we cannot supply enough mobile homes to our clients. I mean, the people who are looking for mobile home parks. So affordability is definitely the key here. No doubt, right? I'm actually writing notes here because <laughs> I live in a, in a market where there's lots of mobile home parks. Oh, really? Not, right. And Well, in Arizona, I think, right? Yeah. We have a lot of retired people. There's a lot of different, and I'll call it 55-plus neighborhood parks right here. And what's your opinion on 55-plus mobile home park communities? Good, bad, and different? No, no, no. They're not that different. And matter of fact, I prefer that. The reason being is that it's a very quiet. Older people live there, and uh, they do not party. And no turn, right? No, so that's no. the biggest part of that whole thing is no turn. Turnover is your biggest expense. Absolutely. In my, ba- in my business in apartments, turnover is the biggest expense. Right, right. Yeah, that is true. And probably your expenses are high. Because yeah. our expenses is we do not maintain the homes because homes are owned by the tenants. All right. Just maintain the lot, right? Yeah. We just mow the mow grass, snow removal, just the normal park maintenance, but we do not uh, maintain the homes. Homes are owned by the tenants. So it's a very low maintenance. Yeah. That's beautiful, right? Yeah. Let's say someone moves out or someone goes on. Do you eventually maybe sometimes own the unit or do you just sell it uh, to somebody else? It's actually a great question. Someone wants to move out. They basically are not going to move the trailer out of the park. They are going to come to us with the title, and they sell it to us at a very discount price. And a matter of fact, one of the trailers that I, I bought for actually $9,000. it's a used trailer at that point. It's not a new trailer. It's used. Oh, yeah. And then sell it. And we always have waiting lists for the people who are waiting. Okay. So you don't want to get into leasing out and renting that out. You're just like, no, let's go resell it. You buy it at a good discount. You'll then resell it. Do you resell it on terms? No, we do not resell it. This is actually another great question, Cory. So we have a lender who actually financed the mobile homes. So all we do is we connect the tenant with the lender. So lender gives us the money. And you already have a pool of people that want that want it. So you're like, let me just connect it to... Oh, yeah. We, we got a pool of people. And actually, a $25,000 trailer could be sold to a, to a family, to two-member family, and both of them work in McDonald's. Right. So if husband Perfect. and wife or boyfriend, girlfriend... They work in McDonald's, make $1,500 per month each, then they're qualified for $25,000 trailer. So it's not Beautiful. a very difficult situation. Yeah. Beautiful. And everybody wins. Right. Yes. Wow. That's crazy. So keep going. That was good. You're like, you're making my mind spin right now. <laughs> Thank you for having me. But the sweet spot for us in Mobile Home Park is that we still have 75% of Mobile Home Parks owned by Mom and Pop. Okay, so mom and pop, first of all, they already made money and they probably owned that property for the last 45, 50 years. Actually, one property I recently bought, the owners owned it for 62 years. So they already made money. They had a really great life. The kids do not want it. So first of all, they are going to sell it to you at a very discounted price. Okay. Now, this is what we call it the turnaround project meaning we are buying it with some problems. They didn't look into it for a long time. 
And now we are taking over and then we will be turning it around. So this turnaround project is what we are actually going to talk about. And these turnarounds are not very difficult. I'm going to go for four different ways you can turn it around. The first one is really simple, raise the rent to market rent. So one of the parks when I bought it, the rent was $240 and I raised it to 450 So I did nothing but just raising the rent. Then the mom and pop, they were owning this park for so long, they never raised the rent to the market rent. So I'm telling you right now, here I am doing this show. I just have a regular rental and I've not raised the rents in four years with this tenant. Oh. I already know I'm shame on me, right? <laughs> bang, bang, bang. Because I'm busy doing my other stuff and I don't think about it. I'm like, ah, you know what? Whatever, they pay on time, it's easy, right? And I'm just sitting there just throwing away money. And how many mom and pops are in that same boat? That's exactly what they do. They're like, hey, it's working, it's fine. Yeah, that is true. And you come in and, and now how do you determine what you can raise those rents? We just find out all the mobile home parks on that city. Find out what okay. is their rent. The demographics, right? Yeah. Within one city, you got probably 10, 15, not more than that. So we call each one of them, find out what is their rent. And then with our rent increase letter, we actually write down a list of all those mobile home parks and their rent. And none of them moved out, none of them complained, and everybody started paying. Do you direct mail this list? How do you find your deals? Are you direct mail, cold calling? We got some websites. Definitely those websites are worth to visit. But as you always talk about, Corey, it is the relationship with the broker. So that is yeah. what is going to give you the most of the deals. So all the deals that I bought, I actually got it from probably four or five different brokers. So when a broker knows that you can close, then basically they are going to feed you with deals. At Kahuna Investments, we partner with passive investors to create award-winning communities families love to call home. If you want to learn more about our company and our process, go to www.kahunainvestments.com and click the deal room. And these brokers for these types of deals, what firms do they work for? Are they smaller firms, bigger firms? Well, some of them are actually residential. So some of them are yeah. residential brokers. Just residential real estate agents. Right. Yeah. So real estate agents, they do it. But some of them are big. Still, they are big on their local market, not nationwide. Right. And then we also got some websites, LoopNet, of course, everyone knows. And CIMLS.com, that's a good website. But there is one website that I always recommend everyone to go is mobilehomeparkstore.com. Mobilehomeparkstore.com. All right. So that is mm -hmm. where most of the deals are. Actually, I was there this morning as well. Almost 2,200 parks are there. Most of them are not good. Okay. But you can also find the brokers from that site. Okay. Yep. Then 1031 commercialproperties.com, crexy.com, costar.com. But the most important one is mobilehomeparkstore.com. Yep. Perfect. Yeah. Direct mail, you can do it. Call calling, you can do it. I do all of them. But the most effective one for me is the broker relationship. Yeah, totally makes sense, right? That's true. Now, and so to buy these things, how hard is it to buy them? Give me a typical deal of how it looks like. Sure. So then let's go for a deal that someone may be trying to buy the first mobile home park. So they are the one. Uh, first of all, before you go for anything, you're going to look at the price. Okay. So price is going to be the first red flag. 
if there is no three-point spread between the interest rate and the cap rate, then definitely you are not going to go for that, right, with mobile home parks. But if it passes the price, you see that, okay, it's a great price. The next step is uh, the infrastructure. And I strongly suggest that first time mobile home park buyer shouldn't be buying a park with private utilities like well water, septic, lagoon. So this is going to be a really major problem if you are not seasoned. So city water, city sewer should be the first thing you should be looking at. Right. All right. So those are the two things that I would look into if it is the first uh, deal someone is trying to do it. But I do deals with a problem that I know that I can solve this problem. So the qu- right. yeah, question that you are asking is a park that I found in Michigan, which is right in front of our manufacturing building. It was a great mm-hmm. location. And I knew that park was run down. And then I bought it at a very, very discounted price. Okay, I do not want to talk about the numbers. It's a yep. very discounted price. Just slow. <laughs> yeah. Problem with the park was, first of all, the owner was 83-year-old. He doesn't want this property. And then he owned it for 55 years. So he doesn't want to do anything in that property. And he just want to get out. So that was the problem. Yep. He has no extra cash. He takes all the money from it and spends it. Absolutely. Yes. So then the park was, it's a small park, 68-space park. The beauty is, though it was 31 occupied, the all trailers were already there. Okay. So, oh, so they had 60 trailers there, just didn't have tenants. Yeah, 68 trailers, but only 31 tenants there. And some of them were really nice. All I did was I did minor fixing on the trailers and within one hour, so that 50% occupancy becomes 90% occupancy. And then the lot rent was 240. I told you before, the lot rent was from 240, it go to 450. So first of all, it is 90% occupied. Then it is lot rent has increased by almost double. So think about where the price would be. So price has gone that gone. Doubled at least, yeah, right? Yeah. Or maybe tripled, right? Oh, you wouldn't believe it actually gone almost 10 times. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, because, well, the occupancy, because it was, you bought it on the NOI, yes. what it was making, and you filled it up. That's the first step. And then you double the value. Like, yeah, it's a 10 times factor. Right, yeah. Now, let's talk about cash flow and stuff, something like that. So, because what I've understood on these types of deals, there's not so much an appreciation play, but maybe it is, but it's a cash flow play. Like these things print money. Day in, day out, yes. The cash flow is, of course, goes by the cap rate, right? So we all know that cap rate is what we are buying in commercial properties, but... And what kind of cap rate do you buy at for this type of projects? Oh, sometimes 1%, 2%. I'm telling you why 1%, 2% also works sometimes, yes. Yeah, because cap rate's always weird until you fix it, because cap rate doesn't always mean everything. Right. This is what I'm telling you, that these mom and pops who have been owning this park so first of all, they have no idea about what is cap rate. And the second thing is, all they do is they will spread the profit among the owners. Okay, so daughter is going to be president. Another son is going to be maintenance director. You know, so even a small part, all the profit is going to be spread among the management. So you'll see that the management is going to take almost 40%, 50% of total income. But when you are doing the cap rate, you will see that, oh, okay, hey, they are actually, it's not going to take that much to manage the park, to maintain the park. So you know that that is the spot that you're looking at. You're going to get everybody off the payroll. Yeah, so that is true. 
And then another thing that you will see is uh, the water and sewer is the biggest expense in mobile home parks. That is the biggest expense. You know, first expense is going to be your mortgage and second expense is going to be water and sewer. So a lot of those mom and pop owners, they do not build back the water and sewer. I'll give you an example. There's no rubs built in. Yeah, no rubs. Yeah, I'm telling you, giving you an example. I bought a park. It's again, 84 space park in Ohio. Okay, so the park was never made any money. It's actually when I bought it, it was making loss. So the reason being is the water and sewer bill was so high that the owner eventually couldn't afford it. And he gave it to me at a really discount price. So the day I bought it, what I did was I actually submitted the main water and I actually put a water meter in each and every trailer. So it cost you a little bit of money to do it, right? Yeah. That was your upfront cost. Like we're going off of main water and I'm going to now take the park and put individual meters for everybody. And then they're going to have to go get their water turned on yes. from the city. No, no, no. The, the meter is our meter. It's not city's meter. We got one main meter. But from the, our meter to their, their trailer, we put a submit. It costs only 250 bucks. Okay, not more than that. Per spot. Yes, per, per trailer. First of all, water bill came down one third. It was almost 7000 8000 It came down to 2500 and, then, and that's because you were monitoring it? Yeah, because we have the meter now. Somebody is turning the water on. They have to pay it now. Okay, so that alone, one simple step installing the meter, it actually paid me more than $2 million profit. So yeah, these are the things that you can still do it in Mobile Home Park. And so something like that, like a 68-unit space, or like what type of cash flow do you talk, like what are we talking about? Like when it's all said and done on a monthly basis, what do you make? Okay, so I'm going to give you one simple example. So you've got a 50 space park. Consider that you've got 80% occupied, just conservative, right? So yeah. 80% occupied, 50 space park is 40 occupied. And then that park, you get two major expenses. One is the mortgage, which is going to be around, yeah, which is going to be around 2,500. That's actually exactly a park park that I have, Okay. So the mortgage is 2500 and water bill is 2500 Those are two ex expenses gone. And then all other expenses combined together, you say that another $5,000. Now, 50 space park, 40 occupied, so $500 per trailer. So you make $20,000 per month. And your expenses are not more than 10000 So you still make $10,000 per month. $10,000 a month. Perfect. $10,000 a month. I'm telling you, that is what... Uh, ideal mobile home park is that's just a small little no, a small little 50 smith park and i bought it for less than five hundred thousand. and when you bought it for five hundred thousand dollars how much money did you uh have to come up with what kind of financing do you get on when you buy that project okay yeah so normally mobile home park this is actually a good question mobile home parks you need 25 to 35 percent down payment. 30 percent ltv ltv right? But they will take the seller carry back. If the seller is taking 10%, then you have to come up with only say 15% of your own. Oh, because a lot of these people, a lot of these sellers will own or finance a piece of it. Yeah, a lot of them, they will actually finance it and that's their preferred way to do it. So one part that I bought it for 1.4 million, I come up with 190,000. Okay, so seller carried back 300,000. When you first start, you probably go borrow, find a couple of investors for 200 grand, do it. But, or if you have your own money, you just put that money down and you're good to go. Yeah, you're good to go. Yeah, it's just good to go. Okay. So you just bring better management and you still have to have some of that improvement capital because a lot of times you're going to have to, 
if you're going to improve your park, that's where your capital injection is going to come in. But that's like landscaping or like a slurry restripe of the parking or the what kind of improvements do you really do on that stuff like that okay yeah so on the mobile home park actually one of the major expenses is going to be your sewer line so sewer lines are going to be old if you are buying an older park actually all parks are older now because they do not let you to build newer parks so sewer lines time to time you have some expenses there it's either too many trees on your park and tree roots are going inside the sewer line so some of the sections of the sewer line you're going to replace. That is the only major expense that's an unknown expense that you have in mobile home park. But like if you say you're wanting to improve the park a little bit and like kind of make it nicer and cleaner, what does that look like? Yeah, so roads, you just... Slurry, restripe the road? Resurface the roads. And then small, small things you can do. You can change the sign. Oh, you don't have to have a stripe because usually you don't, there's no stripes. Everybody's got their own parking spot yeah just the road and that's usually not on the road that's usually like a gravel the most of them they have the roads okay yeah they have the roads pavements are there yeah but the roads are the main things and then signs fans street lights so some of the paintings yeah but that's easy stuff that's not super no 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 those are not to clean all that stuff up no that's easy stuff to do it yeah turning around is actually we got uh, some other turning around projects that if you give me a couple of minutes, I can actually tell you. Only one of them I talked about, and that is raising the rent, right? Number two, turnaround, is going to be your build back water and sewer. Okay, I already give you the example of a park where I made almost two million, more than $2 million on that yeah. park just by building back the water and sewer. And you were just saving a lot of water that people are wasting. Then another, the number three renovation project could be your vacant home. As I told you, in one of the park, I had all vacant homes, but only 30, 31 occupied. So vacant homes could be renovated, and it is not much work. You really do not have to make it too good. So it's a mobile home park. We all know about that. So you can always renovate these trailers, and you can turn around. Number four, you can actually bring new trailers to your vacant lots. So this is something that I want to talk more about it. So we got some landers who are going to bring trailers to your park without any expense. They will keep it on your park for 12 months. You have 12 months to sell it. So if you sell it, they will get the money from the tenant and you get a lot rent. That's what your business is. Right. But they need to sell a mobile home park and they know if it's on your spot, there's a bigger chance they're going to sell that mobile home. That's right. Yeah. So So you're working in conjunction with the mobile home parks or mobile home builders mm -hmm. to place your units. That's true. So then four different ways you can turn around. The first, of course, raise rent. Second, build back the water and sewer. Third, renovate your vacant trailers. And fourth, just bring newer trailers to your park. So lenders are out there. They will finance the mobile homes. So you got nothing to do with it. It's between the lender and the tenant. You are just the person in between to make profit. Beautiful. That sounds like a wonderful, wonderful business model. And now let's talk about the questions I have is how hard is it on management? You're obviously you're not managing these properties. Are you Preman? No, I'm not managing it. We got the management uh, company. A lot. We all so there's companies out there that manage these types of projects. That's right? what they do. Yeah. And the management is really not that difficult because we do not manage the homes. So homes are owned by the tenants. Just managing the lot. Yeah, we're managing so the lot. Rent. Yeah. It's ground. Yeah, ground, yeah. the land. Yeah, that's all we manage. So management is definitely... 
So there's not a whole lot of maintenance involved. Like, again, it's the biggest thing to have is your sewer line. Something jacks up on your property, but you're not really dealing with the tenant in their dwelling. Oh, no, no, no. So I got nothing to do with their toilet, nothing to do with their roof. So nothing to do with their... How come everybody's not doing this? I really do not know. This is something that I find it very exciting. As a matter of fact, I was on different uh, real steps before. I did it. I started in 2010. I kept doing it, single family, multi-family as well. But since 2015, I bought my first mobile home park. I sold all my other properties. My 100% portfolio is mobile home parks now. I like it. And I personally feel that this is one of the best real estate portfolio that someone can have. Are you ready for retirement? The majority of Americans are not. Failing Social Security and dated financial planning practices put strains on many retirees' finances. 46% of Americans admit they are not taking steps to prepare for the likelihood they outlive their retirement savings. Luckily, it's not too late. Diversify your portfolio. At Kahuna Investments, we partner with passive investors to create award-winning communities families love to call home. To learn more about our company and our process, go to www.kahunainvestments.com and click the deal room. That's very, very interesting. Well, listen, so if people want to learn more about your company and where to find more information about you, Praven, where do they go to? Okay, yeah, my company is uh, Cosmonet LLC. And I can give you my phone number. My phone number is 804-550-6892. And my email address is P as in Paul, S as in Sam, D as in Denmark, U, T as in Tom, T as in Tom, A as in Apple, at hotmail.com. Okay, so that's my personal email. I will always answer your calls. I mean, your audience, your audience I'm talking about. I would always answer your call anyway. <laughs> but as some of some of your audience wants to reach me out, yeah, you can send an email to me. Well, and I love your passion behind it, right? So, in fact, you know, I'm sitting there thinking, I mean, I wrote actually a lot of notes down today. Thank you. Just from, you gave a really good bullet point, like here's why, here's some of the misconceptions, here's really what it does, and here's kind of the ways you can fix it and increase it. Very insightful, very nice in package, and it makes sense. And in today's economy, listen, I think lot rents and all that stuff are going up too, right? Yes, going up, absolutely, because of the inflation. Yeah, but what I've always understood about these trailer parks, I think I probably had some misconceptions as well, but I've always felt like from when I talk to people, they're like, dude, this cash flows. Like, it cash flows without a whole lot of money, right? And it cash flows well. And, you know, it's consistent. True. Right? And so, really, all you're doing is fixing problems that a lot of mom and paps probably are just not equipped to. They own some land and they put some trailers together, right? Some lots. They kind of did the initial work, but at that point, they've really not managed it well. And you're saying by being a better, efficient manager of those buildings, they can become, you can get a 10x effect and then also cash flow really well, too. Yes, that is true. Oh, man, love it, love it. So what advice would you give to uh, people listening to this podcast on just overall advice into, I call it cash flow, and forget about just apartments, but what advice would you like to pass down to them? Yeah, so I would suggest if someone is trying to invest in mobile home park business and trying to get into mobile home park, it's very important that uh, you have a good relationship with the township or with the city. 
Now you got to realize that we are not the best looking portfolio, best looking real estate asset in somebody's city, right? So city official ones, the properties like Corion, beautiful apartment complexes, that's what they want. But we are not looking good. Sometimes we are ugly looking properties. So they will come after you all the time. So for even for small, small things, they will take you to court. And, uh, but that is okay because their job is to make sure that we move out of their city and nicer buildings come to their city. But our objective is that we got four people in your city. Okay, so that four people got to live there. And at the same time, we're going to make money. And we will make sure that we win by turning around the property, making profit, and the tenants win because they're now living in a good property. And at the same time, the city wins because they make more money from tax. They will increase the tax the moment the property is turned around. And then they are going to have a good-looking property in their city. So then when you're looking at say, the mobile home park, Hey, if you're looking at the location, the best locations are best cities, then you're not going to find the best parts. But my advice is, if you go out a little far from the city, then you are going to get a really nicer park. Big, lot size, nicer park. City is not going to come after you too much. So that is something that you should always consider, that going a little away from the city. All right? So if you are working in, say, Austin, Texas, so nowadays, with all these work from home, remote location, you don't have to live in Austin, Texas. I mean, if you live one hour away, one and a half hours away from Austin, Texas, then still people can work. Okay. And we are not too much dependent on the economy because people who live in our park, normally they are retirees. Normally they already have some income somewhere. So that yeah. is the advice that I want to give you. Yeah, don't buy in the major metros, just buy like Payson. Like for me, I live in Phoenix. I'm like, but like Payson, Sholo, some of these different towns that are all around us, Casa Grande maybe, right? That's like right. those are Yuma, right? Those are mobile home park areas. Like, yeah, just being in some smaller towns. So good. Well, that was great advice. Any books you've been reading that you want to pass with the audience that you've really resonated with lately? Okay, you are, there are not too many books on mobile home parks though, but Frank Rolls, he is, He's definitely writing a lot of literature. He's actually known as a walking encyclopedia of mobile home parks. And I learned mobile home park from him. He's my guru. What's his name? Frank who? His name is Frank Rolf. How do you spell that last name? R-O-L-F-E. Okay, he's my guru okay. and probably for most of the... Yeah, he's the guy that helped taught you the business. Right, right. Yeah. So anything you see from Frank Rolf is always a good literature. There is no book there. Yeah. Okay. There you go. That's right straight from Praven Duda. So Praven, thank you so much for coming on this podcast and sharing some of your wisdom and your passion. It's very infectious. And I can tell that you love what you're doing. And you tweaked my interest. I've been thinking about this asset class for a while, that and actually self-storage for a while for the kind of the same reasons is maybe an alternative to what I've been doing with my real pretty buildings. Maybe I need to have things that are some eyesores, right? Guys, no matter what your choice is in cash flow, it really is the cash flow game. That's what we're talking about, is how to create passive income that can change your life as it has changed Praben, as it has changed mine. Good things come to those who put things in forward. And just like Praben, 
12 years ago, needed a proof of funds. I was happy to oblige him with. And that's why I started this podcast, so I can help educate you and give you those little chunks, those little things that you need to go from good to great. Greatness is within you, my friend. And remember this, if you believe it, you can achieve it. And your paradise is possible.